I feel like Zach, that uh, you and I are the sole survivors of this new uh, epi- epidemic that has sweep swept the Game of Thrones fan nation, which is this eight bit video game. Zach and, and oh, that's you, Eric and Micah are just too busy playing it to record. It's terrible. <sighs> we lost them. They've succumbed to workplace-related illnesses. <laughs> they did no stretching, and that leaves only Selena and I to carry the <laughs> Monday torch that is large and is burning green. I like my excuse for them better, you know? Only the two of us are here today. It's a girl and it's a boy. It's you can 50, guess 50. who is who. And, you know, we talk about Game of Thrones because this is a Game of Thrones, a Game of Thrones podcast. I don't even know what to say or do anymore without Eric or Micah <laughs> no, to point I me know. in the direction. No, I know. All we can do is just keep saying over and over again, yeah, this is a Game of Thrones podcast. And, yes. You know, we talk about Game of Thrones. And uh-huh. <laughs> we can't You guys can on. download this. <laughs> you can stream it directly from the internet. Yes. Okay, iTunes reviews. <laughs> yes, or you could get it from iTunes. No, yes. see, the other way that you could listen to it that not many people do is uh, you could be in the exact room as someone, which Selena is experiencing right now. So someone's hearing 50% of Game of Thrones right now live. Yes, absolutely. It's a special experience for all of us. So we're trying to experience it with each other today while simultaneously bringing you an episode. And it's been an energetic weekend. Half of Wick, I think, went to TitanCon, which I'm sure we're all going to hear about a lot later this week. And there'll be stuff on the website, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I went nowhere. You know what? I think um, we should ask the listeners which one they would rather hear about. Yeah, they probably hear about TitanCon. Really? Probably, think? Yeah, I think that's a good guess. Our best friend. You know what? I'm actually going to say. I'm going to say to you that I think for this particular episode, I'm kind of glad that Eric is not here because then we'd have to hear about... <gasps> Another Aria chapter. <laughs> it's like this book is like character, character, Aria, character, character, Aria. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I mean, the chapter that we had today to everyone listening, I mean, we have been getting a lot of Aria lately, but I feel like she has the most intense current storyline when it comes down to personal safety. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the last chapter, if you guys remember following along with us, she decided to go ahead and see what was inside of this camp. You know, because they're hungry, they're tired, they've broken off from Yorin and all of them because people have died. Uh, instead, they were captured. Yes, they were. And now they're suffering the consequences of that, which is, you know, one of the things that is so hard to read. But I think one of the best things about this series is that, you know, if this had been almost any other book, they would have made some triumphant last minute escape. Right. But they don't because this is quote unquote real life. This scene was in the TV show. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially what we get when we start this chapter, it feels like they're in one place, but actually they're traveling toward Hall, and we're getting the same. I don't really know what to call it because in the show, we kind of referred to it as the torture place where there was a cage full of people. And then every day somebody would come and pick someone. And if you stared at him, there was a possibility he would leave you. This essentially is the meat that that was adapted off of. So which which did you like better? In the book, the mountain was the one that was doing the picking. And mm-hmm. we got the name of the tickler through the show sort of passively, almost in the same way we did in the book. He was the guy who does the actual questioning. But here in the book... The mountain is the guy who's picking. I thought that for imagery purposes, I mean, I guess it's a good idea that they didn't really get the mountain to do it now because they recasted him for a third time. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> it wouldn't matter yeah, anyway because at the end of the day, it wouldn't really be the mountain. It'd be another mountain. <laughs> if you can't make the mountain come to you, recast him. <laughs> yeah, recast the mountain and, and take Instagram videos of him fighting with a sword three times yep. his height. I will say I liked it in the show better. Because mm. in the book, it's a lot more 
deadly and sad, it seems. Yeah. See, I'm going to say I like the book better because I, I read it first and I... When I watched when I watch stuff like that in the show, like I can't get away from just thinking about the differences, you know. Which doesn't mean I don't like the show, but it just meant that I I kept I was focusing too much on what was different. And I think this is terrible. This is much more um because there's no escape. Whereas in the show, I feel like there is a there is a, a sense that the prisoners have some kind of value that they can make someone change their or they can make the tickler change his mind. Whereas in the book it doesn't matter. Like it could literally be anyone. And I think that sort of makes it more real for Arya. From the book, a young mother with a pox scarred face offered to freely tell them all she knew if they'd promise not to hurt her daughter. Sounds like a pretty reasonable deal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause they're asking about the brotherhood. They want to know more. They want to know where Barrack is, et cetera, et cetera. So following this next sentence, we've got the mountain heard her out the next morning. He picked her daughter to be certain she'd held nothing back. So, I mean, this is the context we've got, just like you said. I mean, this is a situation where they're – it's exactly like the show. They've got a selection of prisoners, and every day they're finding someone and they're questioning them, except, yes, there is pretty much no way out in this situation. It's true. and But you know what? One thing I did think was a little bit – um, of a, of a cop out and listeners, you can, you can write in and say if you agree with me or not, but was that the only reason that Gendry was spared was because he was a smith. And I thought that was a convenient way of <laughs> making sure that right. Gendry didn't get killed off. And I get the, the reasoning behind it, but at the same time, I'm sure that with the country tearing itself apart, there's a lot of different types of people that are valuable. It's like, when Hot Pie was kept as a baker. Right. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, well, you can yeah. cook if you want to stay here because I can sell this bread, man. Uh-huh. It's like we're all snowflakes, you know? I'm sure yeah. that the mother and her child had valuable yeah. skills. Or I, In whatever. the show, Gendry, the way Gendry was saved was a, made a little bit more sense because he was picked. He was being questioned. Um, they were just yeah. starting the process. And then Tywin strides in. So Tywin says to the guys, he's like... Why are you killing everyone? These people could be useful. For example, you guy getting tortured. What do you do? And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm a smith. And Tywin's yeah. like, well, shit. I mean, we're fighting a war. We could use a smith. So I I, I, I mean, I get it. But I mean, it is very uh, convenient. The thing to be remembered here in this chapter is that all of this is happening outside of Harrenhal still. We, we haven't quite made it there yet. They're on the path. I mean, like I said, the last time we left is when we were in a camp and mm-hmm. Arya and the guys got captured. So this is sort of the process. But in this chapter, it's a lot shorter than the other ones. I mean, it wouldn't have the pleasant sort of carefree dialogue. This chapter is very much riddled with desolation because Arya has been captured and her mind is sort of in this mindset. So it being short and being so cloudy, I think almost reflects a situation where she's sort of thinking, all right, well, there's no way out of this. I think you're right. I think it's, and it's very, it's very, (laughs) no pun intended, it's very stark. (laughs) Yes. Um, Because it's, there's not a lot of, she, she's not, she's not paying any attention to her surroundings. And I think that's kind of what you were saying, that then it's not being described. Further and further along, people are getting questioned, people are getting killed, the Brotherhood is still not found. Luckily, she hasn't been killed because this Mm -hmm. chapter is named after her and that would create some interesting questions. Right. But on the horizon, we can see some towers that have been melted much like a candle being burned, which can only mean we've come upon... Oh, but not before that we get the introduction of Arya's list. That's a very, very important point, I think, because it's going to recur, you know, in almost every single Arya chapter from, from here on out. And that's her counting off every single person that has 
done something terrible that she's been witness to. And I think in this chapter, I like that it's, it's everybody who's around her right now. And in later chapters, obviously, I don't, I don't remember if they, it, she takes them off the list because they die or because she just has bigger enemies. It's geo-targeted, the list is. <laughs> a little bit. This is the first time that we've gotten to read Arya with her list inside of the book. Mm-hmm. This is something we've seen in the show for a few years now, but I think this is, I just think back to Sirio and I think forward to Jacken and I think about mm-hmm. the names the Red God needs and I'm just, oh shit, she's going to mm-hmm. have to kill a lot of people. Arya's updated list then. Okay, so let's go over Arya's list here. Arya, every night, Arya would say their names. Sir Gregor, she'd whisper into her stone pillow. <laughs> she wouldn't whisper it like that. <laughs> oh, Sir Gregor. Dunson, Oliver, Chiswick, Raph the Sweetling, the Tickler, and the Hound. These are some good names. Sir Amory, mm-hmm. Sir Illyn, Sir Marin, King Joffrey, Queen Cersei. I mean, those are some, mm. those are some colorful names. You got the tickler yes. and the hound in there. It sounds like a Disney movie. I know what I was going to say. <laughs> Can you see them frolicking? Instead of counting sheep, she's counting people jumping fences. Yes. This is promised to be a short Monday episode. Why? Because this was a dangerously short chapter. Like I said, Arya was kind of in a saddened state this entire time. She's getting led along. The mountain's kind of an asshole. Not as nice as his brother, I've come to find out. Yet they walked all that day and most of the next day before at last they reached the first Fringes of Lord Tywin's army, encamped west of the castle amidst the scorched remains of a town, Harrenhal was deceptive from afar because it was so huge. Its colossal curtain walls rose beside the lake, sheer and sudden as mountain cliffs. While atop the battlements, the rows of wooden iron scorpions looked as small as the bugs for which they were named. What is this accent? I love it. (laughs) The rows of the battlements rose above the something. The latrines that ringed the encampment were overflowing and swarming with flies. Heron's Hall's gatehouse itself, as large as Winterfell's great keep. (laughs) Let me just throw that sentence out there. Heron Hall's gatehouse itself, Mm -hmm. as large as Winterfell's great keep. Yes, that's not too bad. Let that be a lesson to all would be wrongdoers around Mm -hmm. Harrenhal. It's got towers melted by dragon fire and it's larger than most places. I remember watching, rewatching the show recently because I feel like I didn't really understand the immenseness that was this place, but I really feel like Littlefinger's deal that he gets later in the Mm -hmm. show and series is just absolutely ridiculous. Right. But I think it's because it really is Harrenhal is, um, it's cursed. I mean, it feels, it's like, it's like giving someone a defense against the dark arts position. Like it's, you know, I think, I feel like people really believe in this world that Harrenhal isn't uh, a catch. I mean, it's, it's a ruin. And in true Arya Stark fashion, this day unexpectedly would be the day that all of her friends, including most importantly Hot Pie, that seemed bothered by this the most, would discover that she is in fact not a boy. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so they're they're caged in like animals. Weasel, obviously, she ran away into the forest. She probably got eaten by a wolf, a dire wolf. I'm thinking we we coming back to the imagery of animals in this chapter, and my own is actually a passage from which I thought was really really beautiful which read the dire wolf was the sigil of the starks but Arya felt more like a lamb surrounded by a herd of other sheep and she is in fact a wolf in sheep's clothing she is mm. Ooh. that's your your clever <laughs> thought of the day everybody good night <laughs> And my own goes to good wife Hera, who slapped Arya in the face and gave <laughs> oh, her a no. job in the kitchens. I mean, Arya's used to kind of giving her thoughts on the matter. 
you know, like, oh, I do want to do this or I don't want to do this. You know, little does she know really that the rest of the world who didn't grow up, you know, young mm-hmm. ladies are in some kind of keep. That's not really a choice. And now she's going off to wheeze. Wheeze. Weasel and wheeze in the Wailing Tower. The melted, decaying Wailing Tower. com. It's a place where you guys can go. It's a website. <laughs> Beautiful. Play button works. Um at least 98% of the time on the play button. Episodes can be played there on most days, as in all seven days of the week. You can also visit both hypable.com for your, all your general entertainment needs and winteriscoming.net, which is for all your Game of Thrones needs. Everything you could possibly need, including the amazing Wick Awards that are still going on and that are dividing the fandom and starting wars, Game of Thrones style. And don't forget to vote this week. For the best dramatic scene of season three, will it be the Red Wedding? <gasps> yes, Daenerys it probably Targaryen will be. <laughs> acquiring an army. No. Bran Stark saying goodbye to Rickon. No. Rob Stark executing Sir Rickard Karstark. No. Or Jamie Lannister talking about becoming the Kingslayer. Yes. No, it's going to be the Red Wedding. <laughs> yeah. So don't I'm voting vote. for Jamie, though. So everyone who wants to join me and be a rebel, rebel, go for it. Exactly. We'll be looking at our comments and reading why you agree or disagree with the things that we're voting for. I'm going to have to say that the best dramatic scene is the Red Wedding, though. No question. <laughs> what? It was a I'm wedding. Shocked. And it was red. We are fans of reading your owns and comments and things that you say on the internet on this here podcast. The best way those things are submitted are usually said by our friend Eric Skoll, who is not here and who is traveling this fine day of Monday. But if you would like to submit those things, they can be done in one of four ways. You could tweet us at Game of Owns. You could email us, contact at GameofOwns.com. You could visit our Facebook and write on the wall, as some people do, at Facebook.com slash Game of Owns. Or, in fact, you could make up the last way that I did not I was excited. I, I was excited. <laughs> yes, you can send an actual raven. Don't forget, Wednesday approacheth. Listen to us then. I'm Zach Louie. I am Selena Wilkin. And we are Goo. speeding are you afraid of the dark it's so black in here i think the show's over it's full of terrors we turned off the lights light a fire goodbye good night